Affirmative Murder is brought to you by My Life in a Book. With Mother's Day right around the corner, I just know you guys are thinking about a truly special gift for your mom. But let me tell you about a pretty priceless gift. MyLifeinabook.com It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book that you could pass down from generation to generation, which I think is a pretty awesome memento to leave behind. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. Your mother or the mother can either type her response or record her voice. MyLifeInABook.com then compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audio book using her voice recordings. It would be like preserving her voice and her stories for all of eternity. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories and this is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm in the middle of my MyLifeInABook.com journey and I'm really excited to see how it turns out. I've been asking some pretty thought-provoking and funny questions and you know, I'm excited to see the response, but I'm also just excited to have the physical book in my hands and know that I can look back on it in 20, 30 years. The interface is super user-friendly. The questions are super easy to set up. It's a breeze of a process. So what I need you to do is check out mylifeinabook.com. That's mylifeinabook.com. And use code AMP. That's A-M as in Mother's Day. P. At checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for the mom in your life this Mother's Day. One more time. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code AMP for 10% off today. We're brothers. We're happy and we're singing and we're colored. Give me a high five. All right, cut and print. Beautiful guys. Dynamite. <laughs> Hello, people, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up, uh, folks? We're gonna uh, we're gonna keep it pretty light this week. Papa's hurting. Uh, went out last night. A friend of mine had a launch party for a business, and it was a lot of drinking and like talking over loud music. You know, so my voice hurts. You know, I think where it's like, you're doing what now? <laughs> what is that? Oh, cool. And then by the end of the night, you feel the like, that's cool. You know, you yeah. feel your voice cracking as you talk. So, so do you have a sore throat or you have it's a just, It's just both. Okay. Yes. Okay. The answer to that is yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, both of those things. Um, sore is, is harsh. It's just my voice is tired. Okay. Um, so in short, I want to say coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Wash your hands. Yep. Let's be alert, not panicked. You don't need to go to. Why are people buying eighty pounds of toilet paper and 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 wet wipes? Yeah, I don't understand why people go out whenever these these tra like not tragedies but these like scares happen. Mm-hmm. People just go to the store and buy whatever. Costco's, yeah, know. just buy whatever. Like it was like, bleach. We need we need eight gallons of bleach. Yeah, you don't have to buy everything and stock your house up with. Things that aren't necessary, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's good to be cautious, you know, wash your hands. Yeah. A nice thorough washing. 20 seconds. Yeah. 20 seconds of washing your hands. It can save a life. Mm-hmm. I'm also hearing people say that we got to find a balance in the conversation. Yes. The, the, the death uh, 
tolls have been people like mostly above the age of 80 years old. Mm -hmm. But those people matter, too. Yeah. So, you know, there's this balance of, you know, people saying people are making a big deal out of it and people saying there's not being enough of a deal being made out of it. And, you know, the president's not doing a good job and all these kind of things. Those both of those things can be true. This is not Black Plague. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I just I, I can't stress that enough based on the research that I've done. This is not the bubonic plague. Mm-hmm. It is serious. You, it's not good to get a cold and, yeah. you know, it can leave your lungs scarred from the coughing. And those are all serious things. But Donald Trump could be not doing a good job at, you know, c- containing this and telling people, delivering a clear message on if we should be concerned or not be concerned. Mm-hmm. And also it can be not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everybody can get coronavirus and that's not a good thing, but everybody's not going to die. Yeah. You know, but... We also don't want people that are 80 years old or don't have access to proper medical care to get it. Mm. So wash your fucking hands, you know. But if you're a nice, you know, thorough me right now, I took a hit last night, but I still feel like I could beat Corona. Yeah. If it came my way, I might be bedridden for a couple of days, but I'll bounce back. Yeah. You know, and I think everybody should keep that mentality is, you know, if you feel like you're a fit, healthy person, the odds of you dying, if you even if you caught coronavirus mm. are very low. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. But some people that do have don't even know they have it. Exactly. Like, like a month later or some shit like some crazy shit. There you go. You know. And it's like, damn, how many now how many people have you come in contact with since then? <laughs> you might have had it. I might have coronavirus right now. I might think that I just have a sore throat from talking. Yeah. And I have the coronavirus. Yeah. You know? Now, I don't, Fran. You have kids at home. Yeah. So I'm not gonna that's not a funny yeah, joke. Because I would but, have to leave. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, sit down. I don't have coronavirus. I was I was being very social last night. But my point is it's just be cautious, don't be overly cautious, and don't go out and buy 80 rolls of toilet paper. There are yeah. people, you know, fucking people, wing night uh, happens every Tuesday. People need that toilet paper, man. You eat all that Buffalo Wild <laughs> Wings, those 20, when they, what are the wings, like a quarter? You get like a, a, a quarter per something wing? Like that, yeah. Something insane. Like 10 those people are going to need that toilet paper on Wednesday, and you just have it stockpiled in some closet for whatever reason, coronavirus. Yeah. It, it, you're, you're, somebody's going to have streaky drawers now, because you don't want to, yeah. you know, because you're taking all the toilet paper and hoarding it. But I mean, so what is that? What people do that for? Just stay in the house to lock them, to like just in case, you, just house? in case, just in case it's like we stay home for a week. I mean, you can still like walk outside, like oh, I'm gonna go get the mail, and somebody walk past it, and yeah. you, breathe, you walk into it, then what? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what I mean. There's, you're preparing for something. You're you're what you think you're preparing for. You're still you still are just as vulnerable. Even if you brought right. all the all exactly. the Tropicana juice yeah. and whatever, you still got to go to work. I mean, having all that shit in your house isn't going to make you not have coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> so just just be sensible, man. Wash your hands. Fucking don't be gross and try not to touch your face, which is not good anyway. My grandmother's a dermatologist. She, it's not good to touch your face. The things you come into contact with a, on a daily basis yeah. and then touch your face, besides getting a disease, you, at least a bad skin, you yeah. can break out. Or people, you know, until she told me that at like five years old, I didn't realize how much people like a touch a railing in public yeah. and then wipe their nose, rub their cheek, whatever. And then you wonder why you got a blackhead the next day. Yeah. You know, so just watch. Don't, don't, don't touch your face all day like a weirdo after you're shaking hands and grabbing things. And also... Stop eating out of fucking public peanut thing. I think those should be removed from every place if they still have them. Like what? public, like you just go into a bar and there's just a bowl of public food. Oh, I think that's disgusting. Anyway, like a like peanut. Five guys, some five guys get like a box of peanuts. Yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> I, I would never. I would never. People going in eating, pe- licking their fingers after they eat the peanuts, then go in and get more. Yeah, but you don't eat the outside of the peanut. 
I don't care. You still, <laughs> it's still coming into contact. I get it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't all of that shit. I don't yeah. trust any of that shit. And I saw, I'm staying away from public food from now on, like a sneeze guard at grocery store, soups. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing oh, videos like of that. people just going in and taking the ladle, like a mm. sample. Ooh, is this lobster bisque? It's gross. Take the whole ladle and then put it back in, you know? So I don't even trust that. I don't trust any public on display food anymore. Yeah. It's a video on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it. The little girl was like licking the rail. Oh, that was disgusting. Gross. That gross. was disgusting. <laughs> Where were her parents? We're behind her. I would've, that would have been the end of Disney gross, World. Man. That I would have been like, that was so disgusting. you are punished. I can't, I can't even believe you would embarrass me that way. Yeah. The trip's off. Kids are gross, man. Oh, is kids are kids that gross? That's yeah. a special gross. Kids are gross. That's not, not that, no, not like that. But oh, that, that's a special that was, gross, yeah, right? That was different. Sophia's not out here just licking. I'll dare, I'll, I dare her. She look a railing. That's gross. let her embarrass you like that in public. Did you just lick a a she railing? Go, it was like she was eating chicken bone. It was like, oh she yeah, I mean, it was, oh, it's like a lollipop. <laughs> it was like it was like she had one of those uh, strawberry shortcake ice creams, you know, with the little crusties on the outside. Yeah. She was going to town. I was I, I couldn't believe it. Going to one end back. Oh, to oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> Whole tongue <laughs> went all oh got deep on the railing, that was disgusting, man. I I forgot yeah, about that. Why would you bring that up to me? Ah, oh, come, I would be yeah, so. Man, I was grossed out. The the level of anger, <laughs> embarrassment, and fear. I mean, you have mouth herpes now. Yeah, I would have so many things that went through my mind. Like, what are you, you doing? Know how many hands and touch that rail at an amusement park, <laughs> at bro? An amusement park. How many hands touch it per hour? <laughs> Thousands. Let alone the Oh man, if it's Colossus or something, wherever they are, I don't even you know Superman. Let it be a, a dope ride, the Joker, Batman mm. ride. Oh man, yeah, man. hundred hands per hour. That's disgusting. Right. Yeah. And it was at the end of the railing too. That's where you get the last little grab you yeah. can before you just have to stand regular. So everybody got their that sweaty hand right yep. on that end where mm. the railing bends like an L. You just hold it. That's the grossest part. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I would rather her be, you know, the railings have like the railing you hold and yeah. then like the support railing that's lower. Yeah. I'd rather you be licking that because I know it's not gross adult hands on that one. All you got to worry about is maybe baby hands yeah, or other yeah. toddlers touching that second bottom rail. She was on the top adult one. Yeah, well, back and forth. Oh, oh man. man. That was disgusting. <laughs> like it was corn on the cob. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, God. We're going to move on. Anyway, before we jump uh, into the fucked up shit, I wanted to, I saw this video that just absolutely broke my heart, but it's turned into a positive. There was this little girl named Ariana. Uh, She was getting her hair done by her hairdresser, and I think the hairdresser was on like FaceTime Live or what? I don't know what these people do. What is it? Instagram Live? I don't know. I feel like like I'm 50 when I say things like, I don't know what the kids are on, the thing with the hearts and the the people Whatever it is, I don't use it. Yeah, I don't, you know. So she was on that, and the little girl looked in the video camera and she could mm-hmm. see herself and she said like you know i'm so ugly she mm-hmm. was like five mm-hmm. and and then the lady was like what would you say that for and then the girl just started crying you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. like sobbing it was the most heartbreaking thing i've ever seen in my life she just had so little self-worth in that moment and that just that can happen with kids in general. Yeah. But to see it just be this little black girl and to know how, you know, black girls are portrayed in media and how much of a struggle it's been and that goddamn test where everybody thought the black baby doll was ugly. When the, You ever seen that video? Mm. This uh, I think it was this woman who, um, there's this racial test just to see how me- media has swayed children's perceptions. Mm-hmm. And it's all these little kids. They're like six to seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. And they all, none of them wanted the black Barbie doll. They all and they all thought the white Barbie doll was cute, yeah. and the black Barbie doll was ugly. You know, and I think we've come a long way in a sense 
when you see people like Lizzo and just Rihanna being gosh, a goddess, mm-hmm. and that's a positive imagery to see. But it's still a long way to go to to cure the decades and decades of black women being denigrated and talked shit about and all this kind of stuff. And then you see this little five year old girl who just thinks she's ugly, mm-hmm. and it broke my heart. But I just there was this rallying around her and uh, the woman who was the hairdresser on her Twitter. She kind of came out and, and did a, had the girl do another video mm-hmm. where she's like, "I'm I'm fine, guys. Like I'm beautiful." Da 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 da. And the people have been sending that hairdresser. They've been doing artwork of the little girl, hmm. like super cool artwork. Her do you know art you know uh, abstract art and shit. It's called you know hashtag artwork for Ariana. I really um, suggest people should just go check it out just to see some beautiful artwork for one. It's artwork for A R I Y O N N A, and that's just one of them. You know, it's just an adorable little girl, okay. little dimples and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, she's a very uh, cute little girl, and I can't believe she said that. Uh, you know, she feels that way. I hope it was just a moment of. Maybe she thought her hair looked bad. I don't know. But seeing her say it, you ever seen somebody? It was that. It was the the most heartbreaking part for for was me for me was seeing that that snap. You know, you ever seen somebody go like, "Man, it's been a rough week," and you go, "Damn, man, for real?" Yeah. And then they just, you know, like then they they start off saying a little light thing, and then yeah. they just break. Yeah. That's what did it for me. Where it's like I'm so ugly, ugh. And it's like what? Oh, and she just started crying. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you meant that? Like, yeah. you, oh, even, you're serious? You've been holding that in. Yes, yeah. yeah, and that's what did it for me. Yeah. So, um, just you know, sending love to Ariana's way, beautiful little girl, you know. And it 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 reminded me. I mentioned I not as a joke, but I said a thing like, I want to see you know a couple weeks ago the Caden kid. Yeah. And everybody's like, we should make a GoFundMe and this and that and the third. And in that moment, I was like, Wait, I want to Caden, the little small boy from Australia. Oh, the grown man. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway in the moment i was like we should start a gofundme for her and and send her on a spa day and to, to disney and just let her know that she's amazing and beautiful and somebody responded like do it and i was like i didn't respond but in my head i was like oh i'm not qualified to do shit like that i would i'll be the person who the money goes out of control fi- oh okay you know the money know gets too high it. and the people are like what are you doing with the money? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I sw- I'm not stealing it. I swear. You know, then I'm caught up in a whole thing. I don't know how to uh, d- uh, d- d- uh, disperse a hundred thousand dollars. It gets. Cr- I don't want to be that person. I'm Twitter like, delete Facebook. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm, I'm out. I'm Forget it. I, was like, I, I just, I'm gone. <laughs> Forget it. I, I just, my last tweet would be like, never mind. Yeah. And then like, where's the money? Where's the money? And everything's gone. The podcast is gone. Somebody, and- somebody, see me in a, on a flight. But that's him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. That's that gave me. I don't ever want to be that. I don't ever want to be that Tim guy, where I'm out in public. It's like that's the dude. Like, what you know? You say the wrong thing. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, that the thing. Uh, briefly, there's this comedian named Ari Shafir, mm-hmm. and he said some fucked up shit about Kobe Bryant. Like mm-hmm. the day he died, like awful. The dis- white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he didn't. He doesn't watch sports. So he put that up and then just went on about his life for a couple hours. He does hours. shit like that all the time. Yeah, That's all the, the time. time he's done but that, yeah. the, it was the wrong guy. Yeah. It was the yeah. wrong day and the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah. And he went on his life about his life for like a couple hours and yeah. he saw a couple tweets like, oh, well, they're mad. And then a, a person in pu- like that was the day, that was the moment he realized where somebody in public was like, That's the dude. And I don't never want to be that guy where th- there's anger my way and I don't know why. Yeah. What? What do you mean you don't know why? Well, I mean, I I'm just it. saying, yeah, like okay. you, it was a bigger deal than you thought yeah, it was. Yeah. Than you thought it was, and now people are really angry, and you're just like, 
li- living your life. Like, yeah. doo, 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 I'm get a bagel. And they're like, that's the dude that he said that thing. Yeah. And then you're, you know, just frozen. Mm. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't want to start a GoFundMe for the uh, purposes of helping out a kid. Because if the money got out, out of control, I would be terrified that yeah. people would think I'm stealing money and then they're calling me a scammer. I, I don't know. Responsibility. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't want, I want somebody to do it and I'll, I'll donate money to it yeah. and send her on a glam spa day. She can get to meet Cynthia Arrivo or any other flawless skin, black women that yeah. she think, you know, uh, fucking, uh, uh, um, got Lupita Nyong'o. I would love her to, you know, just meet another beautiful chocolate skin woman and just say, and just give her a hug and say, you're great. Yeah. And whatever money that costs to do that, I would love to set that up. If that's a plane ticket, whatever it is, I would love for that to happen the way it happened for this kid. You know, went out of control. Three hundred fifty thousand. I would that dude. I was like, I don't want to be that comedian yeah. that set that up. And then you have to go. Oh shit! I I thought it was just. I thought it was gonna. I thought we were we were shooting for like you know three grand. Yeah. And you wake up the next day and it's at one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. So no, it won't be me setting that up. Yeah. No, I don't want to be responsible for that. Don't talk about it. Don't walk about it. That's what I told you. What does that mean? <laughs> don't talk about it. Don't walk about it. So don't do anything. No, don't don't say like, oh, we should do this, and they'd be like, somebody oh, goes, don't talk about some, it. Walk. Yeah, about somebody it. somebody oh, gives you a suggestion. You go. Yeah, no, no, I don't no, think. No, no, never mind. <laughs> so, you know what, man? We should all rally together. Da-da-da-da. Yo, set it up. Uh, no, uh, no, uh, no. Um, no. Did you reply back at all? No. no. <laughs> I didn't even. It, it made me so uncomfortable to be given the responsibility as even a suggestion. I was like. No, um, I put my phone down. I was like, never mind. I didn't talk about it anymore. I was like, no, I don't want to. I, I don't, don't want to be the guy. I set a limit on that thing. That thing go over that limit. I'm, I'm keeping the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I told and you. You'll be getting chased down in the airport. I said I needed $5,000. You see the little needle hit five. Why are you still giving me money? Stop. It's mine now. <laughs> it's mine now. It's mine now. I'm keeping it. Yeah, I'm going on vacation. Do not bother me. <laughs> I need a vacation from all this charitable things. I, I just gave this girl the day, vacation of her dreams. I deserve something too. Yeah. And now, now you're really the bad. You double down. Oh, you're a super bad guy now. Put my biome. Uh, give it a charity. Philanthropist, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> philanthropist and the plane emoji and like a palm tree. Like I philanthropist and I fucking get. I book flights. <laughs> I'm in Sandro Pay. Oh, like, <laughs> Mm. All right, yeah, no, I actually, uh, this went this went longer than I thought it would, and my, my <laughs> voice is still carrying on, so that's giving me a good sign for when we get into the fucked up shit. Um, as continued, it is still Buster Rhymes Appreciation Month. Uh, let's see, what do we want to do this week? Um, let's see, what are we doing this week, friend? What's, what's a Buster Rhymes song? Let's see. Mm, let's what's his first song? His first song? Yeah. Oh, I don't his know. His first, his first like big single. He had the dread, right. he had the long dreads. It oh, was... that's going back. Okay, yeah, let's let's do some old school bust. I don't, I'm just gonna go off the top of my head. I'm gonna go. Uh, if you really wanna party with me, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're gonna that's do. Uh, put put your hands where my eyes can see. And when we come back, we're gonna uh talk about some fucked up shit. And hopefully, my voice doesn't implode on itself. Uh, so Seven, stick around. Bust some bust. Hot shit. Check it out. Hit you with no delaying, so what you saying, yo? Uh, Silly with my nine milli with the dilly, yo. What? When I be on the mic, yes, I do my duty, yo. While up in the club like we while in the studio. Uh, you don't wanna violate, nigga, really and truly, yo. My uh, main thug, nigga, named Julio, he moody, yo. What? Type of nigga that'll slap you with the Tulio. Uh, Bitch, nigga, scared to death, act fruity, yo. Uh, Fuck that, look at shorty, she a little cutie, yo. The way she shake it, make me wanna get all in the booty, yo. Top mistress in the banging bitches and videos. Uh, while I'm with my freak like we up in the freak shows. Nah. Hit you with the shit, make you feel 
feel it all in your toes. Hot shit, got all you niggas in wet clothes. Style my metaphors when I formulate my flows. If you don't know, you fucking with lyrical player pros. Do like you that. really wanna party with me? Let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands with my eyes to see. Straight buck violin in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, let me see just what you got for me. Put all your hands with my eyes to see. Straight buck violin in the place to be. All right, and we are back one one more time before I jump into giving things over to Fran. I wanted to give a one last shout out to Wendy and Beth. I thought the Fruit Loops affirmative murder crossover thing came out really great. Um, I'm, you know, I hope I hope people enjoyed it, and you know, I would love to do something like that again in the future. Those are super dope people. Go over and leave them great reviews and, and listen to their podcasts and download download their podcasts and all that great stuff. Um, anyway, Fran, uh, it is your turn to go first this week, correct? Yeah. Okay, so uh, do your thing, man. All right. So my friend of murder this week, um, it's a pretty short story about uh, some of you guys may uh, know this guy. I'm sure you probably know this guy. If you don't know him by his name, you'll know him by his roles that he played um, on TV and movies. Ooh. Uh, this friend of murder is about, um, it's a one-off of Michael Andrew Jace. Michael Andrew Jace. No, I'm not familiar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna just give you um just a this is just an overview of his career just case, you know, so you guys know who he is. What what decade are we in with the with these roles? Um recent? Nineties, two thousands. Ooh, okay. Early two thousands. Michael Andrew Jace. Okay. Go, please. So Jace began his professional acting career in nineteen ninety two, appearing in the episodes of Law and Order. Oh. In nineteen eighty four nineteen eighty four he appeared in several T V shows including Star Trek. Deep Space Nine, Ooh. and films including Clear and Present Danger, Mm-mm. and Forrest Gump, where he okay. portrayed a member of the Black Panthers. That's deep cut. I mean, I know the movie and I know that scene, yeah. but I don't know. I wouldn't. Was he the guy that was mad at Jenny for? And Jenny was fucking one of the Black Panthers, and he like would hit her. I don't know. Well, I'm not gonna tell you. I just want. I'm, that's why I won't go over. Oh, okay. So you can Is go. He... Oh, bing. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. That's my um, guess, but go okay. Okay. So Jay's other film appearance includes Strange Days, mm. playing a bodyguard to a corrupt record executive, The Replacements, playing a prison inmate turned football player, The Great White Hype, playing an antagonist Marvin Shabazz, mm. Boogie Nights, playing Jerome, The Fan, playing an arrogant ticket scalper, and Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes remake, playing Major Frank Santos. Nope, nothing. The new Planet of the the one with Mark Wahlberg? What year? Um, the Planet of the Apes remake. 2001. Yeah, that one sucked balls. I uh, don't remember. <laughs> I, I erased it from my memory. It's terrible. Okay. Uh, Jay's TV appearance, including a 1995 HBO TV movie, Tyson, as boxer Mitch Green. Mm. Nothing yet? No. Okay. Cold Case. I mean, I know these things, but okay. I don't... Yeah, I'm just saying... I, it's, it's, I know, I yeah, I, I'm not seeing his face, though. Okay. Um, Cold Case. He was in Cold Case. Mm-hmm. And in a 1999 Fox TV movie, Michael Michael Jordan, an American hero. He Did played he play as Michael, Michael Jordan. He played Michael Jordan in yeah. a movie? Yeah. They don't have any respect for Michael Jordan. <laughs> what year was this? The movie? Yeah. 95. Uh, no, the, the, Mike, the Mike Tyson movie. Oh, you said Mike Tyson? I thought you said Michael Jordan. I, yo, he did. And Mike Jordan. Yeah. He played Jordan and my and Jordan. No, he Jordan played, and no, Tyson. No, no. He did a he did a Tyson TV movie. But he played Mitch Green. He played Mitch Green. And then he got promoted to being and then the legendary did. Michael Jordan in a movie. Yeah, and he, as he, Michael he, Jordan. As Jordan. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. What year was this Michael Jordan movie? Um, American Hero was ninety nine. That's crazy. They got a fucking nobody to play Michael Jordan. Yeah. 
They must have thought it was going to be his breakout role. They must have thought he was going to be the next Denzel. If they gave him Michael Jordan. Yeah. Well, you, gotta find get... a, you have to find a dark, uh, tall, dark. That's not impossible. You got Wesley Snipes. <laughs> He's the boy in it. Come on, man! You can shave your head. You can shave your head no, before a movie. No, but you have to. That's you, the thing holding no, you no, back. No, 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 you have to. If you're gonna, if you're gonna find somebody to play, he's Michael not Jordan, bald. You have to find somebody that's already bald that looks okay with the bald head. Not just find anybody and just go, just shave their hair off and make them look like Michael Jordan. This guy actually, I mean, he couldn't pass on Michael Jordan if I saw him like, oh, that's Michael Jordan. But if in you a movie, to, in the movie, you go, okay, he fits. Man, they had Flex Washington play Michael Jackson in the movie, and that you, was horrible. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you could get somebody to just be. You put him bald and in a, a red jersey, you get the idea. I guess. Uh, so in 2002, Jace was the cast cast's officer Julian Lowe on Fox TV hit show The Shield. I didn't watch The Shield. No. Yeah, no, that's not that's not the Michael Chiklis I like. Okay. So he was part of the main cast and appeared in 89 episodes through all seven seasons. His character started as a rookie cop who had in, um, internal conflicts between his belief in the teachings of the Bible and his um, homosexuality. Ooh, that's a very compelling character. Yeah. Um, so after his role on The Shield, Jace appeared in uncredited in the film State of Play with Russell Crowe. From 2009 to 2013, he had small recruiting roles of um, television series Southland. Didn't watch that either. Okay. I, I thought you would get the Michael Jordan one, but... you Did you see this movie? I think I saw parts of it. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a Michael Jordan it biopic. That, it wasn't that good of a TV show. It TV doesn't sound movie, like it. It's whatever. starring Michael Jace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Michael Jace. Once I saw a picture, you'd be like, oh, him. But okay. I'll show you a picture after I'm finished. Please. So I got this um, article from the um, Los Angeles Times. Okay. So um, an actor who played a police officer on TV was upset because his wife wanted a divorce and taunted, taunted her before fatally shooting her in their Los Angeles home mm. while their two young sons watched... Um, Watched him do it, a prosecutor, a prosecutor told jurors Tuesday. Mm. So Deputy L.A. County District Attorney Tanaz McKayef made the accusations against Michael Jace during um, her opening statement as his murder, at, at his murder trial. Mm. So defense attorney Jamin Hicks acknowledged that his client had killed his wife and said the defense team would try to explain the actor's mindset <clears throat> when it happened. Um, so he said the case is not about who did it. We acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. We accept responsibility. Hicks said in his opening statement, this case is not about how it was done. We acknowledge it and we accept responsibility. The case is about why it was done. This is his defense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, it's like, yeah. <laughs> we did it. We're not saying we didn't do it, yeah. but like, and we're not saying it's not, we're not saying it's a good reason, but like the reason matters. Yeah. It's like, man, you're guilty. Um, so McKayev said that said that Jace had been drinking and told his wife, April Jace, in a text message that he had left her, I mean, sorry, that he had left their home, but that he was actually waiting for her with a loaded revolver. Oh, wow. So when she arrived... That's premeditated. Yeah, yeah. So when she arrived, the prosecutor said, well... I'll, I'll finish first. Um, so when she arrived, prosecutor said, Michael Jace shot her in the, shot her in the back before firing two more rounds into her legs. Oh. With a sight of their sons, who was eight and five at the time. <clears throat> April, Dray, April Jace was an avid runner, and McKayev said that the actor shot her in the legs because he wanted her to feel pain. Jeez. The prosecutor said, so that was his, that was what he wanted to do like initially. Spite. Was shoot her in the legs. But then he shot her in the back too. Yeah. So the prosecutor said one of the boys will testify that he heard his father tell his mother, you like to run so much, why don't you run why don't you try running to heaven? What? Yeah. 
Wow. That's a despicable line. Yeah. That's all those years of acting. Yeah. I, I think of some, that's that's diabolical. That's yeah. something evil to say. That's pure evil. Yeah. Try running to heaven. Yeah. That's dark, man. With your kids right there. Oh. So McCabe also provided new details about the 2014 killing, including a 911 call in which the actor calmly told the dispatcher, "I shot my wife." The recording was later played in court, and Jace is heard saying, "My intent was not to kill her." Jace also gave instructions on how officers should enter the home so they could find the gun and not think he was still armed. Oh. And he told detectives that he shot his wife in the back after she lunged at him. What? She lunged away from him? <laughs> shot her in the legs? Yeah, uh, after she lunged at him, the prosecutor said. So McKayev said the evidence will prove Jace planned the killing because he believed his wife was having an affair and wanted a divorce. He spent much of April... He spent much of April's Jace last days texting her, trying to guess who she was sleeping with. You will, so you will hear that on May 19, 2014, that the, def, that the defendant took a loaded handgun, a loaded gun, a revolver, and waited for his wife to come home, and then shot her in the back, mm. and then shot her two more times in front of their kids. McKayev told the jury of six men and six women. The prosecutor called it a really sad story of obsession and control. Um... So they was just that's saying some, that that's, uh, some OJ, that's some OJ shit. Yeah, this so is they, OJ sounding. Yeah, so this was just um. Then he went over just his acting roles or what he did in um, mm. Hollywood and whatnot, and the roles that he played. Yeah, so this is um. Let me find a better picture than this. Hold up. Do you think he got the role of Michael Jordan because his initials are MJ? Been thinking that. Boo! That whole movie. Oh shit! I know him. Yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> I know him. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he looks Michael Jordan adjacent, I guess. Yeah. They gave him that role because he's bald and his initials are MJ. Boo that whole movie. Yep. I give that movie no stars and I've never seen it. MJ. I know that guy from So he was in uh, he's in Forrest Gump, uh-huh. The Shield, The Replacements, mm-hmm. The Michael Jordan, um, An American Hero. Yeah. Um, I think I probably know him from Forrest Gump. I feel like yeah. I know I've seen his face, but I feel like I know him. What from did he Forrest play in Forrest Gump? Gump? One of the Black Panther guys. Oh, when yeah. when Forrest Gump like it was one of, one yeah, of the he, he like met in, oh, Martin yeah, Luther yeah, King yeah, or whatever yeah, thing he did, you yeah. know, um, or whatever history historical moment he was a part of in that scene. Uh, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, Michael Jace, Michael Jace killed his wife. Yep, jeez, because he was, I guess. One, had the audacity to not want to be with him anymore. Yeah, <sighs> we got to get it together, man. Can't. That's not an option. Yeah. You, if you don't want to be with me, you can't be with anybody. Yeah. Like that's no. It's not. But an I, option. it was like reading a story. It was like he wanted to shoot in the legs to feel pain. Yeah, but was that was like, like a spike shooting, and then yeah. So he didn't kill. He didn't kill her on purpose. She no. Well, he said try running to heaven. But I think his whole. I think that's what I'm saying. But I think he he wanted to just make her feel pain. Like, oh, you want to put me through this? I want sh- you like running, so I'm gonna shoot your legs, mm-hmm. make you feel this pain. But I don't think he wanted to kill her. So I, th- I, don't, I think, I, don't he, I mean, he got he got like 40 years to life. I think so. running to heaven is. I don't know. Well, if, if you're drinking, intoxicated, and whatnot, saying some and shit, you're saying all kinds of shit. I guess so. I'll give him that. I was drunk last night saying crazy things. Mm. <laughs> we should all hang out again outside of this. I'm not hanging out with anybody. I don't even. I don't even want to be here. I like being at home. Yeah, we should all do this again tomorrow night. I'm not doing that. 
I don't even want to be out. <laughs> I want clothes. I, don't, I hate being in public. Yeah. But when you're in that vibe, you know, and you're having laughs and stuff. Drinks, yeah, man. It should be like this every night. Yeah. I can't do this every night, man. I'm, I'm dying right now. <laughs> dying. Got to show you having fun, man. Nothing wrong with that. I was having fun, but I don't yeah. want to do it again tonight. Yeah. I don't want to do anything for the rest of the month. Was it fun? Oh, it was a blast, okay. man. I was, was supporting it? my friend. It was at this place called the Bond Street Social. Okay. Um, it's like it's a bar or lounge or something? It's a bar lounge. It's very swanky. It had those cool uh, lamp heaters outside of the place for warmth, but nobody was outside, but they just look cool. Mm. It's a fire. It's fire in a it's cage. A op- grand opening or uh, something? It was, a, it was a launch party. My friend started a, uh, what is it called? A property management business. Cool. So it was an open bar and just, they had one of those um, walls where you take photos with props. You know, and just things like that, and hmm. some old friends and laughs and all that shit. But <clears throat> like I said, I can't talk at a high volume for more than an hour. Yeah, or, and my voice, or my vo- I can't sing in a car. No matter what the song is, best yeah. songs in the world. I'm only making it through like two songs, and then my voice is like, "Shut up." Yeah, I'm hurting now. I don't have a very, uh, I don't have a an, much endurance with my voice hmm. at high when it gets high. Cause you got to talk about music and everybody's yelling. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough, and I'm very much a, like an animated guy. Yeah. So I'm not gonna bring you in close, man. How you doing, man? I'm like, I want to fight the music. Yeah. How's it going? You got a dog? Now I'm paying for it. Did you go by yourself? Is no, I mean, Sierra went. She went. Okay. It's a mutual friend. All right. It's my friend Ange. That's who I was on uh, the Tonight Show with, adjacently, uh, dressed up. The one's as, dressed up. Dressed up as wrapping paper from um, she Rappingville. Does- and she has SNL. a property management company. Yes. Cool. Congratulations right. to her. I don't. Yeah. I don't think she listens. But congratulations to her. If you, um, glorioso something. I don't know the name right now. Terrible plug. But if you're in Baltimore area and you want to look for property management, look up glorioso. G O G L O R I O S O, and somebody else. I don't know her. I'm not. I don't know. But congratulations to both of them. Cool. It's a part. And part. Yeah. Congratulations to them. Anyways, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, um, we're gonna talk about some fucked up shit. If I don't pass out and my voice <laughs> leaves my body uh in between the breaks um see you next guys in a second bye <clears throat> all right and we are back friend it is my turn to go and tell my fucked up shit for this week so please prepare yourself for my affirmative murder my affirmative murder this week is the story of george emil banks okay uh, my source was a documentary called spree killer on youtube mm-hmm. uh, it was a very informative documentary and here we go so George Emil Banks was born to a mixed race couple on June 22nd, 1942 in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. It was illegal, illegal to marry somebody outside of your race until 1967, Fran. Hmm. Shout out to, uh, um, it was a, a Supreme Court case, Loving versus the state of Virginia, who kind of set the precedent. They went to the U.S. Supreme Court, broke the walls down, and then everybody was, you know, you can marry outside of your race nationwide after that. That's like a perfect name for that. Yeah, yeah, it's love, man. Yeah. Love love wins, man. Love wins. Shout out to uh, Richard and Mildred for holding that shit down. Yeah. Going out there and fighting that fight because they got married, right? They got married in D.C. Black and white couple? Mm-hmm. Okay. Black, black woman, white man. They got married in D.C. Went back to whatever bumfuck racist city they lived in in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And when if they, when, I don't know, I don't know if they, you know, you come home, got cans on the back of your car, just married or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, not here. Yeah. And they put them in jail. Mm. For They sentenced them to a year in prison. 
and the uh the judge made a deal with them and said okay we'll drop the charges or we'll let you out if you agree to get the fuck out of virginia and don't come back for 25 years which is crazy to say 25 years why 25 years because your love is disgusting and get we don't want you here yeah it's i'm sure he's had some kind of legal jargon but that's why it was like we don't want you here we don't do that here get the fuck out i was just talking about the the amount of time I didn't know. Yeah, twenty five. That's forever. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't you twenty five years. You, you wherever you go, you set up a new life. Yeah, you're not gonna come back. But um, they took the whole thing to the U.S. Supreme Court. They had the charges dropped, and uh, um, marrying outside of your race became like you know, open the floodgates, yeah. and that kind of led the the that precedent led way to gay marriage being legalized nationwide too. That was kind of the that fight was fought so that that fight could be fought yeah. some years ago, about like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago at this point when gay marriage became legal, like nationwide. Mm. Um, so yeah, shout out to Richard and, and, uh, and, uh, and Mildred for holding that shit down. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, uh, my, not my guy, but George Banks was a long ways from this wave of, tr- of, of, uh, of, of progress and, and equality, even if it was, it was still 1967. So shit was still fucked up, but, yeah. He grew up as a the product of an interracial relationship in a time where it was in the heap of things. Like Jim Crow was fully active, not had no signs of stopping, and he's this little swirl baby where there's like black only water fountains and whites only bars. So he was and he was white though, right? He was black and white. Oh, he's mixed. Yeah, he oh, was okay. mixed. His oh, dad thought, was black and okay. his mom was white. So they were like, fuck those race traitors for one. And their child is an abomination. Oh, They're in that kind of time. I thought you. I thought you said because you said black woman, white man. I thought he was white, like just full on white. No, okay. yeah, no. He's, 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 he's yeah, he's had, he's he's mixed and no, and that was that was uh, um, Richard and Mildred. That was the loving. That was just my, my little my little adage that I put on his oh, okay. his gotcha. dad was black and his mom was white. Oh, okay, uh, but yeah, no, he's full on abomination times where being a mixed race kid in 1942 is like. Nobody's like, oh, Gucci, Gucci, goo. Hey, baby. They're like, what the fuck? What What did you do? Yeah. This is not allowed. So that was the time he grew up in. Yeah. So growing up in the city of Wilkes-Barre as not only one of very few black people, it was less than 1% black people in this town. Damn. But, but he was that's all, like nobody. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> and it's that. <laughs> Uh, but also the product of an incredibly taboo and practice, practically despised relationship was difficult to say the least. Mm. He grew up during segregation times, probably couldn't go to a lot of places with his mom, which is, you know, that's hard. Where's so like, it's like, gotta, we can't accept him, we can't even step, accept you, even though you're white. Yeah, but you got to get the groceries from somewhere. Yeah. So you got to just park your kid outside on the lamp pole like a bike. Well, you stay right here, you know, Fuck I'll that. be back. I got to go get some soup and I'll be back out. And then your dad can't go anywhere yeah let alone take you somewhere i'm sure it's less oh well not there's not that many black people to like give him a hard time anyway to be like you can't hang out with us you ain't black turkey or whatever they said Mm -hmm. in that time i don't know black (laughs) i don't know black slang from the 50s um but it's it's yeah it's a really hard balance it's like you're not black you're not white but there's rules It, it really matters yeah like this it's not like i'm sure in 2020 there's mixed race people who kind of don't have an identity and are confused on which way to lean and things like that. But in a time where it really, really mattered, like there's signs that mm-hmm. say you can't come in here unless you're white mm-hmm. or you can only use this fountain if, if you're black. If you're in the middle, you're like, well, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. You know, so that was kind of, that was what was going through his, his um, going through his mind at the time. So, uh, you know, 
Going through something like that can make you feel isolated and, and angry at the world and all those kind of things. So logically, where do isolated and angry people from small towns go, Fran? That's right, the military. So as soon as he graduated from high school, he enlisted in the military to escape his hell town and all those awful people that he hated. And uh, he thought he'd seek a life of prosperity and becoming a grunt. Okay, I don't, I don't agree with that decision, but it's cool. I don't. I've never been in this situation. Yeah, I don't hate. I'm not from. I, I watch like shows on Netflix about small towns. And I'm like, oh my god! If if Walmart was the the thing to do on Friday night, I do what I I join the Navy, uh, Marines, whatever. Get me out of just here. to get out. Yeah, okay. Just, I, get I, it. I need yeah, to go. That makes sense. That's the kind of situation he's in. Yeah, and racist. Yeah. Not just boring and and no opportunities. Racism as you well. Stay in the house. No video games and then yes, yeah, you don't have money for video games, or you play the like Ben video games, like you're you're playing PS2 when Xbox One is out. Yeah, not not shitting on. I know that's some people's reality, but for me, I'd be like, I'm gonna go join the military and buy yeah. myself a Camaro and an Xbox One. Yeah, eh, I would too. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Um. So he joined the military, but not long after he enlisted, he quickly realized that he was not built for um being told what to do and he was very mm. adversarial towards authority yeah so his stay in the military was very short they mm. they kicked him out early talk back and shit yeah they're like, you just won't learn i you know which i would think imagine being the guy you show up on day one of the military and you're like this is what this is like they talk to you like this uh yeah. not cool guys so we're like get up maggot and you're like whoa man not cool <laughs> take it back a step talk to me like a person and i'll get up yeah. you're like get him out of it get the fuck out he, the military couldn't break him. He was so hard-headed. So anyway, he ended up back in that fucking town that he hated and despised. Not not yeah. long, you know, just a couple Well, years. he didn't want to be out that He didn't want to get out that bad. So. Yeah, make do, man. I'd rather be called a maggot than a nigger mm-hmm. and and not have a job. And, you know, like <laughs> pick, your, pick your battles, man. <laughs> Being called a maggot and having food and, and money. And things like, Travel. Yeah, you see Germany's <laughs> or be called be called the N word and uh, spat on yeah. and and you have you're like the grave digger in town, being paid nothing and everybody looks down on you. Nah, I'm th- yeah. easy choice. No, thank you. Easy choice for me, but it wasn't an easy choice for George. So uh, yeah, so not long after he was discharged, he found himself in a very uh, um, he found himself on the opposite side of the law. Uh, one night, he and some accomplices were involved in a bar robbery gone bad in which George shot the owner of the bar in the chest. Mm. The owner did survive, and George w- George received only a five to seven year sentence for his part in the robbery. Okay. But while he was incarcerated, he escaped. Wow. He only escaped for five hours. Those five hours earned him an additional one to seven years onto his sentence. Damn. So it's like, that, was it worth it? You well, get like to get a, a burger? Hour? Huh? A year, hours, Michelle. Yes, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what they did, but that's crazy. Five hours, and you got another one to seven. That's also a big gap. Yeah, it could be one or I don't know. You know, uh, I think it's just probably depending on behavior and parole and things like that. Oh. But um, yeah, five hours. You go get what you go get a burger, or you just were in the in the woods, dirty for five hours until a dog bit you, and you know they caught you. It's not worth it. Man, if I escape from prison, I'm out of there. Oh yeah, hop on a train. A train. Yeah. What if you don't live in a town that has a train? Fly one. <laughs> Just find a train. There's trains everywhere. It's trains. It's twenty twenty, man. It's trains. Everywhere. Okay, what would you do after you if you got out of prison? I would you never be in prison. prison so. If you got escape, come on, hypothetical. Okay, you escape <laughs> prison. <laughs> you got really play the game. Okay, I remember. Okay, so I'm in prison. I get. I escape. You, ex- you escape. I escape. Um, you have no money. I have no money. You have no. What's this like sixties? So yes, yes, yeah. Uh, no, cell phone's not an option at all. Yeah. First See, thing I'm doing, I'm I'm stealing a car. 
Okay. And I'm just driving and, until I don't get caught. All right. I'm just going to keep driving and driving and driving as far as I can get. Are you going to escape with a weapon? Like a, no, no, no. I don't want to get okay. pulled over and have a weapon on me. All right. I know how that can turn out. I just want to I'm gonna get in a car and just get as far away as I can and just have some semblance of a nice day. Yeah. If I can get that, it's worth it to me maybe. Mm-hmm. And this is only if I'm doing life in prison. Yeah. If I'm doing five years, I'll just eat the five, man. I'm not going to try to get out. But if I'm doing life in prison and I've been in there for like 10 years, I'm like, I need to get out and like yeah. have sex with a woman, eat a burger. Yeah. Just something. And it's, it was worth it to me. That's how I would escape. Just drive until I'm in another county mm-hmm. and then steal some clothes from a Sears mm-hmm. and just go on a, a night on the town. Sears. <laughs> yeah, Sears was still active in the fucking 60s, you know. That was probably the place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Or Macy's, you know. Um. Anyway. Uh, uh, after spending about uh, yeah yeah so after spending about seven and seven and a half years in prison George was was released back into the town that he so desperately tried to escape Uh, fast forward 13 years and within that 13 years I'm I'm kind of fast tracking the story because we're trying to get out of here but in that 13 years he had a very active life which I will touch on but I I don't the full details of that 13 years are not available basically he's um it was some kind of R. Kelly shit involved, not with underage kids, but he had a, like a a slew of women all living together. And it was after like, he was released from prison, yeah, in that thirteen okay. years after that, he got a job and all these kind of, and he had this whole crazy life, which I'll get to now. Mm. Uh, so fast forward thirteen years after his release, release on September twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two, around two thirty a.m., twenty two years old, twenty two year old James Olson was attending a pre Halloween party, which is that's very before Halloween mm-hmm. to be, but that's again, it's this small town. And it's like, Everybody oh, it's a month other. before Halloween. Let's party. Yeah. It's something to do. Let's put the Halloween decorations up early. Can't wait. Oh, man. <laughs> the pumpkin patch festival. They have all kind of festivals. Yeah. It's the best time of the year in this little small shitty town. So September 25th, they're having a pre-Halloween party. The dude, the dude James Olsen did say some people were dressed up. Some people weren't. He tried to downplay it like it wasn't. I mean, it was pre-Halloween. I didn't dress up, but some people did. Sure. But it was like, I didn't. It's not that serious. It was just a party for me. He definitely had on like a fake mustache or something. He yeah. did He did something. But he tried to play it like, I mean, I was just at a party that happened to be a pre-Halloween party. That's not even like pre-Halloween party. No, at all. <laughs> it's closer to Labor Day. Yeah. It's just, it's a Labor Day. <laughs> like, just have a Labor Day bar- barbecue or something. Uh, 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 yeah, so on this night, uh, James Olsen was attending a pre-Halloween party at a friend's house when he and a buddy heard what they thought were fireworks. Not long after hearing the sounds... They saw a man walk out of a house wearing a camouflage hat. According to James, his friend Ray Hall addressed the man and said, hey, I know you. The man immediately turned to Ray, lifted his arms and shot him. Mm. James said he thought they, it was a joke, you know, a Halloween prank because it's so close to Halloween. He thought yeah. they were joking around. He quickly realized it was not a joke when the assailant then proceeded to shoot James as well. Yes. As the night proceeded, Detective Jim Zar- uh, Jim Zardecki got a call and was notified of a homicide. James survived, but Ray did not. Damn. Uh, so he got the he got the call. He's in bed. It's two thirty in the morning. There's been a homicide. He jumps up and makes his way to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, James says his friend and his, James says his he says his friends informed him that after the shooter wounded the two of them, James and Ray, he walked backwards down the street, kind of get, get back, stay back. Yeah. He put his gun into a car. Got the person out of the car, stole the car, and took off from the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the uh, the witnesses on the scene and then informed the police that arrived 
that they this all started when they saw the assailant come out of the house that's two, a couple doors down from the, the Halloween party. Mm-hmm. So they made their way into that house to investigate. What the police found when they walked in turned this night from a run-of-the-mill homicide to a nightmarish killing spree. The walls were covered in blood and the floor littered with bodies. Mm. And police, the police now had a suspect, George Banks. Yeah. They saw, you know, pictures and shit in the house. In total, eight members of Banks' family lay dead in that home. Damn. Apparently, George had awoken from a cocktail of drink and drugs, and in a state of mania, he made his way through the home with an AR-15 rifle, killing three women and five children inside. Just letting it spray. Crazy. He killed his girlfriend, Regina Clement. This is, this is crazy. Listen to what I'm describing these people as. He killed his girlfriend, Regina Clements. He killed his six-year-old daughter, and this is a precious little angel, but this is this name is crazy. Montanzima. M O N T A N Z I M A. That little girl has nothing to do with that decision. She's Montan-Zima. a precious angel. Rest in peace to her. That is a crazy name. Yeah. Montanzima. It's so abrupt. Yeah. Even Montezima would be better. It's not Montezima. <clears throat> it's Montanzima. She was six years old. Killed her. That was his daughter that he had with uh, Regina Clemens. Mm-hmm. He killed Suzanne Yuhas, also his girlfriend, and the sister of Regina Clemens. What the hell was going on there? Oh, I'm not done. He then killed Bonday Banks. Bonday? Man, listen. <laughs> I'm, assuming, I'm assuming George named all of the kids. You can tell that, listen to the names and you can guess who's a kid of his and who's a kid that was just there. Bonday. He killed Bonday Banks, the four-year-old son that he had with Yuhas. Yuhas. Yes, okay. Susan Yuhas. I don't think it's Asian. It sounds Asian, but I, they're white. Um, and again, Regina Clemens yeah. and Susan Yuhas are sisters. sisters. Right. He had a daughter. He had a daughter with hit hit a, a daughter with Regina and, and a, a son, son with Susan. Right. Uh, he also shot Moritania Banks. Moritania. Maura Tanya Banks. She mm-hmm. was a twenty-year-old, a twenty-month-old baby. Mm. His uh, he had two kids with Susan Yuhas. Shot both of them. Twenty-month-old wow. little girl and a four-year-old little boy. Mm. This, this is despicable. Uh, he also shot Dorothy Lyons, his girlfriend. Three girlfriends yeah. in the house. He also shot Nancy Lyons, her eleven-year-old daughter. Oh. Who is her daughter. Yeah. And he didn't have anything to do with naming her. Okay. Because her name's Nancy. Like a regular name. And he also shot Forerod Banks. Sorry. Forerod. I can't help but chuckle at the names. This is tragic, but these names are nuts. Forerod. It should be a law. What is the meaning? God. Who knows? Only God knows. Um, It should be a law. There should be, like, when you go to write on the birth certificate, there should be somebody there like, we can't let you do that. We can't let you name your kid that. Yeah. It just, come on. You know? I know it, there's names. It sounds like coming. random. Like he just. Yeah, just. Ah, blah, 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 that's what I mean. There's no, there's no, there's no George in it. There's no Georgina, George, John, George Johnson, or, you know, that I get. But this is just Forarud. Forarud. Maybe it's Muslim. I don't know. He was one years old. Mm. Um, and the, the son of Banks and Dorothy Lyons. So he had three women live in his house. They're all, it's a harem. He's got a harem of women living in his house. 
getting them pregnant and just they're treated. It's like a fucking, uh, it's like a polygamist type of situation, except they're not married because it's illegal to marry white people. They're all, it's all white women. What was it? Is it no reasoning? Nothing? He wanted to fucking be a, I don't know, a wow. pimp. I don't know what the fuck he, I don't know. I'm talking about for killing them. Oh, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, I, the reason I, the reason is not a good reason, but, you know, and it's mostly like speculated. Yeah, but I, I, no, I'm just saying. There's we'll somewhat see. of a reason, okay, sure. Yeah. I'll get to it. Uh, Banks had created a harem of women 10 years younger than him, and all of them were homeless or coming from bad home situations. Uh, and they were willing to do his bidding. They birthed his children and treated him like a king of the castle. And this system that George had created worked well for him until he was laid off from his job as a prison guard uh, not long before this night happened. So the stress of you got three wide, no you got three girlfriends, five miles to feed, you got no money coming in. And, you know, that might have been the breaking point for somebody who already was going through a lot of uh, mental. He, he had started to snap mentally. He, yeah. he believed there was a race war coming. Uh, he had he had he had um told people that he had um fantasized. He was the guy that stood on the tower with the gun when people were at like recess, mm. and he told people at work he had thoughts about like I, I just might I could just shoot all these people right now, and so they were like um we're gonna put yeah, you on leave you know. yeah, and That's from the, yeah so from there it went from leave to you're fired like you yeah. have some issues. Don't tell no shit. Tell people. Yeah, shit. keep it to yourself. <laughs> You know, I'm glad he told somebody so people so he didn't just shoot a bunch of people, you know, in jail, but he killed his whole family. So yeah. somebody got the wrath of this. Um so yeah, so he ended up losing his job and now he's got all these mouths to feed and no prospect of a job in a town with not many opportunities likely led to what culminated on the night of September 25th. It definitely played a big part. Uh, shortly after stealing a car and fleeing a grisly scene where he shot 10 people, George found himself at Heather Highland Trailer Park to confront an ex-girlfriend and mother of his other children. Sharon Mazzillo was her name. Earlier in the year, Sharon had won a custody battle for their son, which enraged Banks. Mm -hmm. When she opened the door to see what he wanted, because he pulled up middle of the night, it's like three o'clock in the morning at this point. He's like, what are you? Bang! Mm. He shot her dead in the chest at just about point blank range, probably closer than you and me are right now. Wow. She died almost immediately. Yeah. Um... He then made his way into the trailer park where he proceeded to kill his son, Sharon Mazzillo's mother, who he absolutely hated, and another child who what who wasn't his, but had apparently made fun of George's son at some point for being biracial. So I'm sure he just saw some kid that called him something. That was that's 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 deep. Yeah. What he did to that kid was that was that was pain from years and years of living that life of being the biracial kid. Mm hmm. And he took that out on some kid, you know, so that that didn't need to happen. None of this needed to happen. But George fled the house, presuming he had killed everyone in the home. Fortunately, Keith and Angelo Mazzillo, uh, Sharon's two sons, older sons, had managed to stay hidden in a, in a like a cupboard while all this was taking place. They saw they witnessed some of the murdering, which is terrible, but they managed to survive. Hmm, that's um, scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, so. Now the detectives who had just seen this awful carnage at his house come to this trailer park. So now I have to feel like there's an element of like a lynch mob forming. Yeah. You got this black animal, and I'm just speaking from this is how they were thinking. Yeah. You got a bunch of 40 and 50-year-old white dudes with guns, and this black dude's just killing white people in the middle of the night. Oh, they're fired up. Yeah. You know, they they are ready to just, this is a lynch mob. So he was all mixed all his kids were mixed. Well, every kid he had was mixed. That's yes. what I mean. Okay. Yeah, because all Cause the women all were white. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but 
yeah, no, I would assume this, and they're seeing these dead kids and dead women, and yeah. they're angry, and they haven't caught him yet. And now they're at the second scene with another dead child and a dead woman and a dead little girl. Now, this might be an odd question. Now, are the now I know he's killing people. Uh-huh. So they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. But... Is are they, like, are they of, racist? Yeah, but oh, are they probably. like catching him because like he's black? Because like they, they don't like these, they don't like some of the white people. The black they, part is just like a, a, a like Jimmy's. It's like sprinkles on top. It's like he's doing an awful thing. Yeah, but he's and, also and black, black, killing yeah. all these white pe- women. No, he dies tonight. But but I'm saying that you know they were rejecting white people. The white women that were dating. Yeah. Black. Oh oh so okay I'm, okay. I see. Oh, like are they less yeah mad about it? Yeah. Are, about that part of it, but more they more mad because he's black and he's killing people. They Not, might be more. It's a it's it's a whole it's a mishmash. Okay, They're right. probably mad that this black dude has the audacity to be sleeping with white women. They're mad that he's creating these biracial yeah, kids. Yeah, okay. They're mad that these white women, or they're they're maybe a little less mad about the women because they're like, oh, well, that's, what hap- that's what happens when you fuck around with these with these girls. Yeah, you know. It's, so it's a whole bunch of mixed emotions, which probably makes him more dangerous for the you know. Not dangerous. He's he's killed a bunch of people. Yeah. But I'm just saying this mob is not acting on. They're acting on pure emotion. Yeah. Whether it's emotion about okay. the women, him, the kids, it's all there. It's it, all of it's all elements of it. So he should be fucking scared, yeah. but he's not because he's high out of his mind. So high, in fact, that after he left the trailer park, he just drove to another like a park, like a like a like a grass trees park, mm. and parked his car and took a nap. Mm-hmm. Like nothing even happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Took a nap. The, the drugs wore off. Oh yeah, the drugs started <laughs> to come down. The adrenaline, you know, the adrenaline starts to yeah. come down. Tired, so we went and parked his car. Fell asleep. Woke up a couple hours later. It's now five thirty in the morning. He's still armed and in a daze. And George then made his way back into town. Wow. While a whole ass manhunt is there's they're like checking homes. Yeah. And flashlights in rooms, and he's just like, oh, I'm gonna go to my mom's house. He drives his car back into town. I would assume, I don't know how he didn't ride past a police car or something, you know. It's a small town. Rides back into town, goes to his mom's house, confesses to his mom, Mom, I killed the kids. Like, da 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 da. I can't believe I did this. She calls the detective that I mentioned earlier, who was awakened in the middle of the night, uh, to try to tell, try to get him to convince George to turn himself in. Yeah. George declines, of course, and flees the house, goes to a nearby abandoned house of a former friend. It's not far from his mom's house. He has all his weapons, busts the windows out, and holds up in the house, ready for a fucking shootout. Yeah. Uh. So the police started to ride. I'm talking about, there's, you know, there's great black and white photos of, they got shotguns hiding around the sides of houses. They're all got the cars pulled up, hiding behind the cars. I mean, there's state police. Our abandoned house. Yeah. Okay. State police, local police. He set up mirrors and shit in the house so he could see all the angles. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he was ready to go. And there was a lot of police out there. So they're in the middle of a standoff. The police brought his mother and tried multiple tactics to get Banks to surrender, including having a false news report play over the WILK radio that the children were alive and needed blood to survive. Those Everybody's dead. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to convince him that he he didn't go as far as he thought he did. Because there started okay. to be elements of regret. You know, the drugs go away. You're like, I fucking, I killed everybody. Man. Yeah. I can't believe I did this. So they're trying to trick him and say, no, they're alive, man. We Matter of fact, you need to d- donate blood. They're yeah. your type. Come, We need you to come and give blood. You can save your kids. You can be the hero. 
Smart tactic. Very smart tactic. Yeah. I'm always fascinated by those like interrogation rooms where they're like, uh, they're standing in front of a dude that like, killed his girlfriend. They're like, I mean, she made you mad, right? That's what women do. Women are bitches, man. Am I right? Yeah. You know. And they're just saying whatever. So the yeah. guy's like, yeah, man. She I doesn't mean, feel as bad. Yeah, yeah. She was a bitch. So I killed her. And then like, and then all that friendship goes out the, win- out the window. We're like, wait, so we're not going to go get food? No. You're going to jail. Murder. I was lying to you this whole time. I'm not your friend. Give me my stun kiss back. Yeah. They snatched the can off the table. Um, so they put out a false report saying the kids were still alive. The police tried to use... They, the police tried to use this to draw Banks out of the standoff. Finally, a former co-worker named Robert Brunson uh, was able to talk Banks out of out of the home. It took... Wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took, it took four hours of a standoff for the standoff to end. And as of September 30th, 1982... So he's, you know, his friend was, I was, I read it right. His friend, Robert Brunson was able to come. I don't know why his mom couldn't, but this dude could, but his friend that was able to talk him off the ledge and they somehow brought this dude, this black dude who in 1982 killed fucking 13 white people, children, women, young men. Mm. I was sure as I was reading this story, I was like, oh, they, they blow this dude away. They brought him in alive somehow. That is that's the most amazing part of the story yeah. to me. I figured they would have. I figured after all the standoff, the all, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I figured all this they would just blow the house away. Yeah, but they didn't. They wow. talked them out, and then I still had a little bit of a twinge in my head. I was like, they could just be like, while taking him to the car, just go. He's got a gun. It's yeah. just like just shoot him. In, <laughs> he's got handcuffs on. Yeah. He's got a gun on him, and they just shoot him on his way to putting him in the car. Nope, they took him into custody. Wow, he survived that. That's crazy to me. That's the craziest part of the story to me. Well, man, and all the gruesome murder. That's all terrible. But this dude surviving, killing 13 people, white people, as a black man in a small kind of racist town, it's nuts. Um, Yeah, so as of September 30th, 1982, he stood accused of eight counts of murder, attempted murder, aggravated assault, recklessly endangering another person, stealing a car, robbery, and theft. And on June 6th, 1983... The trial for Banks began in, at the Luzerne County Courthouse in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Banks insisted on testifying, stating that he is not insane. The case consisted of multiple scene witnesses, Banks' family members, as well as Mr. Olson, identifying Banks as this is James. This is uh, this is James who was at the Halloween party, who he shot and survived. Mr. Olson, who identified Banks as the person who shot him and left him for dead. Closing arguments took place on June 21st, 1983. The jury found Banks guilty of 12 counts of first-degree murder, one count of third-degree murder, attempted murder, aggravated assault, and one count each of robbery and theft and endangering the life of another person. On June 22nd, 1983, Banks 40, on, that's Banks' 41st birthday, the jury recommended the death penalty for George Banks. What a, what a Christmas, I mean, what a birthday present, huh? Uh, George Banks went to the maximum security unit at Huntington until November of 1985. He was then sent to the Correctional Institute at Greatford after the U.S. Supreme Court refused to overturn his verdict. So he took he was using his appeals up from 1987 to 2000. Banks continued to appeal his case. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the argument uh, regarding mental competency. Then. Then Pennsylvania Governor Tom Ridge twice signed the death warrant for Banks. However, 
Both times, appellate courts have stayed his execution in 2001, and, in 2001, 2006, and 2008. There were hearings about the psychological state of Banks questioning if he could be executed. In 2011, he is, as of 2011, he is still on death row in Pennsylvania, although it is said he is now dying of cancer. But I did some further research, and as of 2020, he is 77 years old. And that might be as of 2011, because he'll be older than that. 1942? I don't have a calculator in front of me right now. But last I, according to his Wikipedia, Wikipedia page, he's 77 years old. He's still alive? Yes. Okay. But I don't know when the last time it was updated. It oh, could have been 2011. Yeah. So I, I could be wrong. I don't feel like doing math right now. I don't, I don't care enough. I don't give a fuck if he's alive or... <laughs> I hope he's dead. I don't give a shit. Um, so, yeah, that was my story. That was the, the affirmative murder of George Emil Banks, mm. a family annihilator. Yeah. For those who, who, who are unaware, a family annihilator who's somebody who, because of, you know, some kind of mental break, uh, he decides that whatever hardships he's going through, it would be better for his whole family to be dead rather than go through whatever hardships are coming up. So, so. I guess he thought, no job, and you're all mixed race and all these things, and all these miles to feed. I don't want my kids to go through the tough things that I went through as being biracial and I can't feed all these motherfuckers. So they should all, I'll just kill them all. And then everything is better. So you shoot them. Yeah. Wow. Made sense to him. Um, so yeah, I don't give a shit if he's alive and, um, if he's dying of cancer, I have no, no sympathy or anything like that. Yeah. So maybe he's dead. Uh, um, yeah, that was my story this week, hmm. and uh, let's go ahead and jump into these good vibes because my voice is barely hanging on. It's like it's like it's like holding on to the cliff, and it's just the the pinky. It's just it's just the middle finger and the index just holding <laughs> on. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. That's right, folks. It's time for the soup du jour, and on the menu. It's good vibes. Friend, can I bless you with some positivity real quick? Yeah. Okay. So my good vibes this week is a story about a special ed student who was told he would never go to college and then became a best-selling author. Mm. Now, when I first read the headline, I pictured somebody like an, like an insult going like, you'll never go to college. But I don't think that's what happened. I think it was one of those, you know, like equivalency tests mm -hmm. where a doctor told him, like, you, this is your ceiling. Mm. I think I hope I hope that I hope it wasn't the other way around. Like that was a bullying a bully's words. Yeah, because that's a very specific weird bully. Like, you're never gonna go to college. Mm -hmm. I think it was you know somebody setting the bar low for somebody because they they don't expect much. I think yeah. it was that kind of situation. Anyways, as a child, Ronnie Sidney the second was diagnosed with a learning disability and spent years in special education. After years of struggle. And after being told he would never go to college, Sidney graduated from Virginia Commonwealth University and has gone on to become a best-selling author who uses, his, who uses his experiences to help young people with learning difficulties and to help others understand the struggle many young people are going through. After finishing high school, Sidney attended J. J. I'm sorry, I had a burp. J. Sergeant Reynolds Community College in Richmond, Virginia, and then went on to earn a Bachelor of Science degree in Human Services at Old Dominion University. He later earned his Master's uh, of Social Work at Virginia Commonwealth University. So this dude's cl climbed up all the ladders, man. Yeah. Getting that higher education. Sydney has gone on to publish a number of books, 
all of which provide a timely commentary on growing up in the 21st century. His book, published in 2015 called Nelson Beats the Odds, tells the story of a young African-American child who was diagnosed with a learning disability and ADHD, struggles with the stigma and how he struggles and how and how struggles with the stigma and that entails. So just like what that what comes with that. Mm. Uh, the novel shows how, with some help from his parents and teachers, Nelson is able to beat the odds and discover how much potential he really has. The book was acclaimed by reviewers upon its debut and has received plenty of attention for its ability to encourage readers to help raise awareness for those who struggle with the learning disabilities. Sydney has also founded the creative has also founded Creative Medicine, Healing Through Words LLC, which facil which which facilitates therapeutic writing for offenders. That's cool. So he, you know, he's trying to rehabilitate people in prison by giving them an outlet, an outlet to creatively write yeah. and express themselves. Um, he also works as a public speaker and activist. You can follow him on Twitter at R O N N I E S I D N E Y I I Rodney Sydney two. But the, instead of two, two eyes I guess two was taken um, <laughs> but yeah so I think that's a really cool just a story of you know people having such low expectations for you and not only do you go over the bar you turn back around grab the bar snap it off your knee and tell them you know go fuck themselves mm. you know but in an eloquent way because he's a writer yeah and that was my good advice I thought that was just very you know super cool like yeah, never like never let some, some somebody's expectations of you um, de define you I like that. Um, my good vibe story this week is about um, this brilliant 34-year-old engineer um, who has built her own mobile phone with a rotary dial. What? Yeah. So she used an old rotary phone? She built her own phone. But she used a rotary dial? Like rotary the thing dial. that... Yeah. And she made a cell phone out of that. Yeah. Does it still have that? Because that's kind of fly. Does it have the rotary on it? It has the rotary on it, yeah. Oh, that's tight. Okay. Yeah, oh, like that's kind of like that's kind of uh, analog and, 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 and throwback. Yeah. Did you see the video of the kids trying to use the rotary dial phone? No. On Twitter? Oh, I'm sure they were very confused. Yeah, no, I didn't, didn't see they that. They didn't know. They, it was too I mean, They were trying to figure out how to dial. They didn't know. Any of those kind of things, I know them because just black people have a bunch of outdated shit in their house. Yeah. So my grandmother had a rotary phone my up until like 1997. Yeah. So I know how to use it, but you shouldn't. It yeah. should have been obsolete. It, it You know... We just happen to, you know, I, you know, we both have grandmothers who, are, you know, older as grandmothers tend yeah. to be, and they have like old stuff, like old TVs and things like that yeah. that we shouldn't know about. My grandma we, still has a black and white TV. She doesn't use it, but she still has it. Yeah, my grandmother had a TV that worked. That was the TV that was all in the box, mm -hmm. like a big ass one. Your dad had one in the living room of your house. Yeah, like it's a TV, the big, the box, big and the buttons are on the. Yeah, TV. my dad. Yeah, big glass thing, yeah. and it's, it's like stylish because like oak wood. Yeah. Yeah, man, we shouldn't know what that is. Yeah, they had big regular TVs in our whole lifetime, but we yeah. just the things left over from different generations. Wow. Yeah, my grandma's TV is, is like black and white, but it has like a it has like a turn in the crank knob. The thing on, yeah. Yeah, and wow. make a, like rock it, rock it, yeah. rock it. Wow. But a rotary dial phone is it was used to be kind of fun. Yeah, I, I would just play with it because do zero like <laughs> keep hitting zero all the way up. <laughs> yep. Or nine, whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, so she made um. Let me call yeah, so friend. she um, she made her own mobile phone with a rotary dial, and okay. she did it because she despised texting and overcomplicated smartphones. Mm. So I mean, so it's not like super she's, simple. 
Yeah, she's 34 years old. 34 years old. She's not like an old woman. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't like you. She just doesn't want to. She wants yeah. to detach from the Twitters and the apps and the yeah. this and that. I just want to make a phone that makes phone calls. Yeah, and then when people say they're engineers, as I got older, when I used to be young, I'm like, what? So you make engines? I mean, I just didn't get the whole idea of being an engineer where you can just engineers can just like whatever. You got parts here? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna just whoop up something. Yeah. <laughs> like that's crazy. <laughs> it's just uh, you're an engineer. <laughs> You so, engines. <laughs> so just Justine Hapt has spent the last three years developing the old school device so that it can fit in her pocket, get better reception, and maintain mm. a battery life up to thirty hours. Well, it doesn't do anything but make phone calls. Just don't even have to charge <laughs> yeah, all day. Like, this shit is ready to go. Uh, so when she wrote about the retro cell phone on her blog, the website crashed from sheer number of visitors clamoring to admire the retro gadget. Oh yeah, that's gonna be at Urban Outfitters. By the by, Christmas time of this year, yeah, um, guarantee. But how would you even? How would you use it? You mean just have just to have it, just like some some type of? Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's gonna be some kind of um, like Urban Outfitters specializing. In, they'll put a thing yeah, where you can put, put it over your iPhone. Oh yeah, yeah, you can put it over your iPhone, and now that makes your iPhone do that. Turn into a calculator. Or, or she maybe she starts her own kind of Cricket Wireless t- kind of situation and gets a network. And you can get her a little rotary dial phone. I, yeah. I understand what you're saying as far as service. But, I mean, she can make a deal with a service company yeah. and, you know. It would have, 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 have to have some type of screen on it, though. Because you can't just, like. Yeah, I'm sure it has a screen. <laughs> it would have to. Uh, this yeah. doesn't. But I'm just saying. Oh. If, oh, it's, it's if the Urban Outfit is something. If they're going to, like, buy it and then try to sell it, you have to. Have some, some type, yeah, yeah, some type, type of screen, screen or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is prototype. Because nobody. Yeah. No, who remembers phone numbers anymore? Oh, nobody. I just had a discussion about that the other day where yeah. it's like, I'm fucked if I yeah. needed to. Some people go, what's your phone number? I go, oh, shit. Mm. I have to go look at my number. I know <laughs> I know, I know, know three phone numbers. I know my mom's phone number. I know uh, Empire Today's phone number and Mike Jones's phone Empire number. Empire Today. 800-588-2300. <laughs> Empire How often today. do you a commercial? Never. It just no, stuck. They did a really good wow. job. The marketing team did a really good job. Yeah. And then you already know. Two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. Hit Mike Jones up on the low. You know, you know the rest. Yeah. Don't act like you don't. I do know it. I know. Um, all right, I'm looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Oh, uh, yeah. So visitors were clamoring to admire the gadget, um, the retro gadget. So, um, hap, um, so she was had a lot of requests from fellow smartphone haters begging for their own version of the smartphone. So, you know, people go, yeah, I don't like I this don't shit. Like change it or some shit. Yeah. yeah. And you also might hating every couple months. Everybody that thinks they're cool. They're like, you know what? I'm going to deactivate my Facebook. It's just getting too much. And then a week later, you're back on that shit. Telling yeah. people about your life. But everybody always wants to be the person who's like, I'm over this whole social media thing. I'm done with it. It's, it sucks. Yeah. But then they come right back. Yeah. So fellow smartphone haters begging for their own version of this of the phone. She is now offering a DIY build it yourself kits to the public. I am also confused like as like you. It's like you send me the kit. It's like what service am I using? Yeah. Who am how does it work? How does it work? Hmm. It's like a walkie talkie or like... Maybe she takes like the inside of a smartphone. Mm, some the kind board, of chips. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She's an en- that's why she's an engineer yeah. and I I'm not. Um, so the astronomy instrumentation um, engineer from New York, from I'm sorry, from New York's Brookhaven National Laboratory says she was inspired to make the phone because she disliked the culture and design of smartphones. Mm. She said, I work in technology, but I don't like the culture around smartphones. Mm. I don't like the idea of being at someone's 
back and call every moment and I don't need to have that level of access to the internet. Oh, that's boss talk. Yeah. You can't just get access to me whenever you want. I'm busy. <laughs> so um, I've never texted and building this phone was was in part so that I would have to get a good excuse to not text. She's never texted. All right. Um, now you're trying to sound too cool. Yeah. She said in this, she said she had a smart, uh, she said she had a flip phone that she tried it. And of course you can text on the flip phone, but she just didn't like it. Yeah. Cause you got to press fucking one, one five times. times. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now I can hold up this phone and say, no, I don't text. No, I can't text. Oh, so she can um, feel so cool when she said, oh, this, this has hipster written all <laughs> over it. So while Hamp did once buy a, a Samsung galaxy smartphone for her mother, she played around on it herself. She said she got rid of it, rid of the device after a month. Her I mom thought, got rid of it, or she got rid of she it got for rid her of mom. It. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess she bought two, got one for her mom, got yeah, one for herself. Like, I don't want like this. this. Yep. So I thought I would give it a try, but um, I lasted less than a month with um, with it before I took back my flip phone. Damn. She recalled, "I'm an engineer. I love technology, but the phone is not the way I want to do it." Like she loved technology, but just not, but just not, not people being able to access yeah. you all the time and being a slave to your phone. Yeah. She probably doesn't like seeing people walking down the street with the phone in front of their face. Yeah. Really are we really are zombies these days, man? It's yeah. crazy. I mean, she it's like blue, got the roller dial on it. it is it dis- it is it sleek? Antenna. Does it look cool? Um, it has like six buttons on it. Is that even enough? Is that all you need to make a phone? That's what. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of it's got, got some swag. She got a flashlight on it. Come, it's got a flashlight on it. That looks like a SIM card in the back. Is that a SIM card? Maybe. Maybe that's how. I'm wondering how you get um, how you get service. Yeah, that is um that is a very minimalist phone. There's no screen on that. I know, but I'm trying to read with wireless electronic digital. I don't know. Yeah, now you got to yeah. keep a notepad like a real con- like a real contacts book on you. Yeah. Okay. Let me charger, see. and I guess you got to like slap for headphones. To do what? If you don't it has MP3s it, if you on it. Hold it. If you don't. Oh, hold okay. The phone. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, it has access to iTunes. Uh, yeah, she has a video. I, I haven't watched the video. I'm gonna see. Um, I'll watch the video and see what she talks about. Yeah, report video. back uh, on that. Yeah. Yeah. So she just made her own phone with the rotary dial on it. I could see that catching on in a small community of people. I could see yeah. somebody. I could see some somebody. Kids. But also people that want to be cool. Yeah. I could see some 27 year old dude. Super lanky that. dude in five hundred one jeans and a fucking flannel. But to do it, to have two phones though. Yeah, that's the part they won't talk about. They'll have the <laughs> iPhone, have phone, but this but... is the phone where they pull, this is the phone they brag about. Like, yeah, yeah, I don't. I really went super minimalist. Like people, you know, I don't really want people having access to me all the time. They got their jeans rolled up so you can see the yeah. the uh, the white the inside part. They got the little. You can see their socks a little bit. Yeah. one of those in like glasses, but they don't need glasses. Don't need glasses. Like, like I have to. I don't like people. I'm I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing too much like yeah know. I mean the world just is too it's just too accessible these days I wanted to just drop back a little bit yeah. oh sorry that's my it's my business phone I only use it for business stuff and like emails and things like that like, whatever <laughs> man you got Candy Crush on that phone right now yeah you, you use this phone as a prop yeah Fuck just hold, just holding it. Yeah, it's like yeah, I don't even like. Yeah, oh, so this somebody phone. Goes, somebody goes, yep. Yeah, like oh, this. Like, it's like not even. So, oh man, do you know where the bar is? Oh, this. Oh yeah, this is just my analog phone. It has a a, a spinning majig on it where I dial. Yeah, I just don't really like. All right, man, I'm getting a drink. Yeah. Have, a, have a good night. But that is good. That's cool. I like um, people fighting back against technology because yeah. we all will eventually become slaves of technology. Yeah. I mean, she loves technology. She just don't like the phone. That specific phone. technology. Yeah. The Which screen. I don't think she likes being a slave to the screen. Yeah. It's, it's wild, man. I, I, I drove past a bus stop and everybody was just like. Yeah. Just looking yeah. down. It's yeah, wild. man. Zombies. Yeah. But it's good vibes. Yeah. So 
We don't need to talk about the upcoming uh, zombie apocalypse, which will people think it's zombies as in eating people, but it's the phone eating your brain. Yeah. Open up your third eye, my brother. Open yeah. it up. Let the information in. That's all I got to say. I'm going to leave people yeah, with I mean, that I'm one channel. of them, so. Oh, I am too. Yeah. But I le- I'm aware that I'm a slave. Yeah. So I don't know if that's better. It's not no. better. I'm still. Sometimes I just go like, damn, I've been on here for like 45 minutes. Yeah. I, when I get that little, you know, now, I don't know who at Apple thought it was a good idea to automatically send you your weekly uh, chart of how much you use your phone. Yeah. Depressing. Yeah. You spent eight hours. When I was off, it went. It shot up like crazy. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, God damn! I spent sixteen hours on the phone today. Shit, it's crazy times, yeah, man. man. Anyway, you go from that to a video game. Oh man, <laughs> sorry, zombies, man. That's why I, I, I start. I'm. T- I, I told myself I've been going to the gym pretty regularly. I've been doing a good job. Yeah, but I started telling myself I need absolutely thirty minutes every day of physical activity. Yeah, like. I'm going to make myself do it. Even if I go to the gym, I just get on the Stairmaster for 30 minutes. I take Bella on a walk. Yeah. Whatever it is, every day I need to. And if I have to wedge it, what I, what I started doing the last couple of days is I'll wedge it in. It's like whenever I get that itch to like, I'm going to go play 2K on Xbox. Yeah. I'll go do the thing first. Yeah. And then it's like I earned it. It's like yeah. I did my That's activity. Good. I went outside, saw the world, got a sweat, mm-hmm. got my heart rate up. Now I can go sit down and, and stare at a screen yeah. for, four, for four hours. That's one thing I like about my job is, like, it keeps me active. Like, yeah. Same here. I, I like, to, yeah. Uh, yeah. I moving around. walk and it's like I'm not sitting at home. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting unhealthy. Yeah. Or doing <laughs> this, which we do here on the podcast weekly, but there's some people that sit at a cubicle all day and just hunch over a yeah. computer. And then I've started doing research about, like, spinal issues and things like that. It's a real thing. Like yeah. People getting curves in their spine. Yeah. That's, why I always, that's why I'm sitting here and I go like this and tell yeah. like, let me, let me got to uh, prop that back up, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to have I don't cur- be, spina bifida when I'm 57. I just don't want to be curled over, man. I just don't want my back going higher than my neck. Yeah, you get that hunch? Nah, I yeah, don't I don't want that. want that hunch, man. I don't need that. Anyway, that. yeah, yeah. St- you know, stay on that hunch watch, y'all. You know, get some back corrective. You know, go go get a realigned by a spinal person. I don't know the, what the name of the guy person is, but... You know, keep an eye on your spine, man. Because if your back goes, I don't care how much muscles you got. If you don't have, you, you if your back goes out, yeah. you can't do nothing. You're useless. So protect that back. Watch your back. And uh, with that being said, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner and true crime friend, So Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Jesus. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.